Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We're the only country that comes up with a name for fun. Crack. It's blackguarding. It's scutting. It's no harm. 55 euros straight out of my account. So they have my money and I have no test. Bad time for all these people. And it's always a good hearted person to change them. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 3 96 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.com. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Memo to self, when you have an idea for Friday and you think about starting it on Thursday, bear in mind you could be inundated with contributions before Friday even starts. I have a list of stuff that people have been today years old when they discovered. And I was bringing a few of them during the morning. Some of them I knew. Some of them I went, what? And for the life of me, I cannot remember. There was something that happened to me recently when I was off on the June weekend. I was doing a load of old jobs, bits and pieces of DIY and stuff at home. And I discovered something. And for the living life of me, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, if you have something that you just discovered, you've been doing things all your life and you never realised, ah, for God's sake, is that what that's for? Or, oh, that makes that much so much easier. One of these today years old things. As I said, about 10 pages of them already. But if you have one for Friday, for a laugh, 083 96 I was at Tommy Tiernan last night. What a fantastic gig. What a wonderful gig. <laughs> the guy's very bold. He's very bold this year. Tommy Tiernan has always been bold, but he's very bold this year. There's a couple of times, actually, in the course of the gig, where he turns around, he looks down into the audience in that fierce sort of a strange way of his, and he goes, now you know why your bags are in, or your phones are in bags, you know? But I got an email about those bags after the show last night found it this morning when I came in I'll get to it in a little while but speaking of gigs is she there she is Aoife you wanted to go to see Florence uh, at, at at Musgrave Park and you've been scammed I think have you morning hi how are you hi what um, happened it was um, so myself and one of my friends on work basically went to buy tickets and like obviously it's sold out for quite a while so we got um, tickets on Facebook on the items for sale page you know like the Corks buy and sell yeah 
Um, we went to buy the tickets on. There's a lady advertising that she had two tickets. So I messaged her and just questioned her about it. She said she had two tickets. And she sounded quite legit in the way that, like, she had Ticketmaster up asking about her names, our email addresses, everything to transfer over the tickets, basically. So it sounded quite right. Yes. And when it came to transferring the money, I went through Revolut, transferred it 120 euro for the two tickets. And she took the money and just stopped her playing. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, and there's no sign of the tickets, yeah. no. Um, no, no sign of the tickets, no. So I went the whole day in work, basically, just kind of sent her a message here and there, and I was like, "Any sign of the tickets?" And I kind of just sounded worse and worse. So I kind of gave her the benefit of that she was in work or something, but um, there was no sign of her. Then one of the other girls in work said she actually copped two tickets for sale, and she was going to get them. So when we were sat talking to her, she was like, she just asked what was the name of the lady selling my tickets. And it was actually the same lady, so it tried, she tried to scam another girl in work as well. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. so we both got caught for it. Yeah, so well, um, we both put on her, actually, afterwards, and we tried to ring her and stuff, so we both got blocked on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the name, we have a name. I'm not entirely sure if we're able to use it, but we do have a name for the person, because Mary got on to us. Um, please warn listeners yeah. of a girl selling Codeline tickets for June 23rd. Yeah. My son sent 120 euro to her through Revolut for two tickets, but got none. He's broken-hearted after losing his hard-earned money. Yeah, um, we were kind of the same. Like, there was actually a few of the girls inside inside work actually started messaging her after she was blocked, seeing if she'd. And then she actually eventually turned around. And she said she had three tickets to one of the girls, so she was actually looking for more money again. Right. Because last yeah, last well, last week at the at, at the very last minute, my my daughter got a ticket for for George Ezra, and I was saying to her, "Look, before you do that, before you buy," she went into what you call it into um oh Facebook, Instagram, and she got one through Instagram, and I said, "Would you be careful before you buy that blasted thing?" But she was okay yeah. afterwards. But um, yeah, so that's you got caught by this person. We have someone else using the same name and a third now, all using the same name. Supposedly having yeah, tickets from Musgrave Park. We did a kind of a background check and she kind of was, there was a few posts basically by her where a couple of people got scammed by her, by different gigs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason, once you put money through Revolut, it's gone. You know? Yeah. That's I think, well, you can request it back and that's what I did, but you kind of have to just report it so hopefully it'll eventually come back, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Did, did Revolut respond to you? They didn't. You kind of just go through a chat line, basically, and you have to upload um, pictures and proof of what you did. But luckily, I had screenshots of the messages good. and stuff before she good. stuff. So I have her name and details and everything. Like good, good, okay. Yeah, Mary is saying here. Please warn listeners of a girl selling codeline tickets on Facebook for June twenty third. My sixteen year old, hundred twenty euro through Revolut for two tickets. Got no tickets. He's now broken hearted. So clearly, she. She's at this all over the place. Okay, the name is Alex. Would that, would no, that the, that's, that's not the no, name you have? No. Yvonne, that would be, I'm dealing with us. Okay, okay, okay. So there's yeah. more than one at it, so. Cause yeah, the, there's probably two. <laughs> this, this Alex seems to have form too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the one that we were actually doing, which I didn't know was it a legit page or not, but actually looked legit. So That's the um, problem like, when they do look legit. It's it's quite yeah. easy if you know what you're at. It's quite easy to mm. build what looks like a very legit page. Yeah, like it's a literally a woman in a nurse's costume and everything, like so, or a nurse's uniform and everything. So she looked quite normal, like. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we've two names now. Yeah. We've Alex and we have Yvonne. Yeah, it's desperate. Like 
I'd say there's a lot of it going on anyways this week over at the gigs in Cork so we just wanted to tell everyone <laughs> Alright, okay Aoife and hopefully you'll get your money back Hopefully I'm praying <laughs> Take care. Enjoy the weekend. 0818 96 96 96. We have two names being bandied about now and they both seem to have form. Alex selling tickets for gigs at Musgrave Park. Yvonne selling tickets for gigs at Musgrave Park. It would appear, and I stress that in six foot tall letters, it would appear that neither of them actually have any tickets. It all looks very legit. Tom says we've Interpol. We've Scotland Yard and the fraud agency. What are these people getting paid for? They all operate internationally. The scale of the money made by these crooks must be enormous. Yeah, but you see, that's just it, Tom. The international crooks are the ones that take up the time for Interpol, Scotland Yard, etc., etc., etc. You can actually scam here. You could build a convincing-looking scam on a half-decent laptop. With a small bit of technical knowledge, you could do it and get away with it in the space of 20 minutes. I'm not going to show you how, but you could. It could be the one person, says a caller, using different names. It could. It absolutely could. But we've two names. And I'd be inclined to say now that if you're looking for tickets for a gig for either for the Marquee next week or for Musgrave Park next week, you might be looking for a last-minute ticket for Rod Stewart. The two nights are sold out. You could be looking for the Waterboys on Sunday. You could be looking for Christy Moore tomorrow night. You might be looking for Florence. You could be looking for The Prodigy, I think, there out in Musgrave Park as well. If the tickets are being sold by someone called Alex or Yvonne, I would nearly say move on. I would nearly say move on, because the chances are that they're, they're not legit. 0818 96 96 96. While I have you, and with regards to gigs, I got this this morning when I arrived into work and I was at Tommy Tiernan last night and when you go in they were using these little yonder bags they're like a little neoprene bag and when you go in you put your phone into it and it clicks at the top then with do you know when you buy a shirt in, in a clothes shop and it's got a little white tag on it and then the cashier takes the, the, the tag off it's closed with, with a little lock like that it's a little magnetic lock and whatever clicking off and it's and it's, it's, it's a pain in the neck not be able to get at your phone for two hours, but heck, it is what it is. Your phone, by the way, is on inside in it, and you can switch it to vibrate. Uh, you can switch it off if you want to, but you're, you're asked to make it silent or vibrate before you put it into the, into the little bag. It, it is what it is, and it's not the first, Tommy's not the first to use it, and it won't be the last. But I got this this morning from Ruth. She said, PJ, I saw you at the Tommy Tiernan gig last night. I was going to stop you and ask you about this, but you were chatting to your daughter and I didn't like to intrude, so I said an email instead. Well, thank you, Ruth. I wouldn't have minded. This little bag for the phone is a bit of a nuisance, isn't it? I understand why it's in use, and to be fair, it was well-managed and all that, but I was there with my friend and she was a bit worried. Her four-year-old is a little bit sick at the moment. Nothing serious, but you know yourself. His dad was minding him at home, but all night, my friend was saying, I hope Sean is okay. What if he needs to get hold of me? Sean is her partner who was on babysitting duty. He's great, but sure you know yourself. What if he needed to contact her in a hurry? You see, she can't even see her phone inside the bag, so she wouldn't know he was trying to call. Now, it didn't spoil the night. Wasn't Tommy great? But it's definitely worth thinking about, isn't it? Love the show, says Ruth. Thanks, Ruth. There's a thing. What if... Because you can't see into the bag. Your phone is on inside. But you can't see in. So if someone was trying to call you, 
or get a message to you in a hurry. And yes, if you do go to the back of the auditorium, they will open it for you and you can check it. There's a security man there and you have to go back to him afterwards. If you go back, all of that. Crack. But there's Ruth's point. What if, what if that girl's partner had to contact her in a hurry? How would she even know? Imagine the phone is in the handbag down the side of the chair. How is she even going to know that he's looking to get in touch with her? It's a good point. 0818 96 96 96. My friend bought four tickets for George Ezra, 200 quid on Facebook. They got to the... Oh, no. Oh, no. They got to the door and the tickets were fake. So no entry. Oh, God, that's a bummer. John says, please say she went to the guards and reported the scammer. I'm assuming she did. The guards, to be fair to them, they will investigate. But they're overrun with this stuff. Really, really overrun with this stuff. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Corks 96 FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Now, lovely story in The Echo yesterday written by Donald O'Keefe about a soldier from Ukraine who was facing the amputation of his leg after he got injured during the war. And his leg has been saved and he's getting ready to go back to the war when he's fit and healthy to do so. But he has been overcome by the response to his plight here in Ireland and the plight of his people in general. His name is Alexander. I was hoping to talk to him, but Donald, <laughs> you you did the interview through Google Translate, so probably better that we talk to you. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are things? Good. This guy, he sounds like an absolute gem. He is a lovely guy. He's only he's 26. He's a very pleasant, very uh, soft-spoken, decent lad, um, I suppose. At my at my great age, he looks very, very young to me, but he's also a veteran soldier. He's He's seen things that you and I, thank God, have never seen, I suppose. Um, but a lovely, a lovely fella. I spoke with him for over an hour and a half last weekend in Fomoy. Um and he's yeah, he's recuperating. He's been in Fomoy for uh, the last few weeks, but prior to that, he's been here since the dates are. I, I think it was August. Um, it was August. His his he well, I, he stepped on a landmine while he was involved in in a firefight with Russian troops. Yeah. Um, but he. Uh, well, as as I said in, in in my interview in the Echo, he he has he was told when he came to you're going to have to get your leg removed at the midpoint in your shin, um, halfway down your shin, and he refused point blank because he said he had a massive panic. He said, "Well, if I'm in a prosthetic, I'm, I won't be able to fight. That's the war over for me, and I need to liberate my country. I need to be part of this fight against the the invaders." So he refused. He signed waivers. The doctors were absolutely adamant, and they were saying, "You've you have a ticking clock here. If your leg doesn't come off below the shin within the next four weeks, 
you're going to it's going to be worse you're going to we're going to have to take it above the shin and or sorry I beg your pardon above the knee which would mean it's so much worse if, for the, the future fitting of a prosthetic if if it's below the knee you have that bend in the knee you've got much greater uh, mobility and flexibility whereas if it's above the knee obviously you're into an awful lot more trouble yes. you're, uh, I, I, yeah so he, but nonetheless he insisted and he said well look if nobody here in Ukraine he, he found he, he found a number for the Ukrainian Minister for Health <laughs> Ministry for Health sorry I beg your pardon and uh, he was he, he was essentially uh, ringing them every day saying if you guys can't get me help here at home in Ukraine can you send me abroad so he says he was refused uh, in Germany he says Spain said not a hope and he said but Ireland Ireland didn't fail me Ireland didn't refuse me mm. so he came over here in the autumn of last year and he went to CUH you know when he got to CUH I've seen he showed me he showed me some of his medical files and CUH did say to him you know we're recommending exactly the same procedure yeah. uh, removal below or midpoint on the shin and he, he again refused so they agreed to perform uh, extensive surgery on his heel there was an awful lot of damage a lot of bone a lot of flesh gone yeah. he'd lost but, his heel hadn't he and a, a part of the foot yes if you can that the actual heel there um, the the bone part of it and a lot of a lot of the surrounding flesh was gone but he responded well to treatment and he they performed a, a surgery a flap over the the wound and if you look on uh the, on echolive.ie you'll see uh, Eddie O'Hare took a, a picture of, of what's what the wound looks like now sort, it's fully sort. healed up can he walk uh, Donald? he's on crutches he's on crutches PJ he's hobbling about um, he's he's okay like I mean he's he's got great flexibility he's young he's very fit he credits the rowing club in Formoy with allowing him to use the their, their gymnasium which has had a really beneficial effect on his recuperation since he got to Fomoy a few weeks ago. Yeah. But to answer your question, yes and no, he's hobbling around. Um, he he said to me he's, he's anxious to return to the front line as soon as he's ready to fight to take up arms again. But I, I don't want to misrepresent him and say, you know, he's he's in some way delusional about the level of his, his yeah. injuries because he's not. He said to me, I said, and, and how will you fight them? Will you go back to being what you were, which was an infantryman? Mm. He just looked at me, you know, and we're, we're back and forth through Google Translate and there's a lot of delay, but he said, no, I, he said, to be an infantryman, you need to be young and strong and fast. But he yeah. said, you know, there are other ways to be a soldier. I will yeah. find some other way. I will learn something else. And he's just so admirable, such a such a patriotism for his, his country. But, but he did say, he said something... Maybe it's the language of a soldier, maybe it's Google Translate, but he did say to me, I'll never forget, you know, what Ireland did for me when, when I was in trouble. And if ever if ever war comes to Ireland, obviously, please God, that never happens again. But he said, if ever war comes to Ireland, I will take up arms for Ireland. Crikey. He's just, he loves, he and he, he loves what uh, this country, he says, has done for him. He loves he loves the people in Formoy. Where he's staying in Formoy is the, the old Grand Hotel, yeah. which was... Kind of the, the, the gem of Formoy for well. over a century. Yeah. Stayed, stayed there myself a few times over the years after gigs, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah uh, he's there now. There, there are twenty-five Ukrainian people living there. Uh, with a year now since the since the, the the full-scale Russian invasion kicked in last year, so there's twenty-five people, Ukrainian people there. Ten of them are children. Most of them are women. Um, there, Alex, Alexander is is one of the rare exceptions. Yeah. But it's it's a wonderful, it's a lovely setup. As I say, it's been there for a year. There's there's been a great element of integration in, into the town and for my by the Ukrainian yeah. community. They've gotten it's involved. I know you're you're a big supporter yeah. of the tidy towns down there, and you have a peace comma, but they've gotten involved in the tidy towns. They did uh, it last year. Uh, the tidy towns did a, a lovely piece of, I suppose, refurbishment, tidying up, cleaning up of the the promenade, or the promenade over on uh, the north, the north bank of the Blackwater, out the um, out the Ballyduff Road. Most most of us in from I wouldn't have even known it was there. It was so overgrown, but it's a beautiful little riverside walk. And tidy towns did a fantastic job cleaning it up. And I was talking with Noel McCarthy, Councillor Noel McCarthy, uh, who's the chair of Tidy Towns, and Paul Kavanagh, who is the project's manager. And they were saying to me, like, we, we called over, we, we were talking to the Ukrainian people in the Grand Hotel, and they were saying, you know, we'd like to put up window boxes. Is there is there some rule in the town? How do you go about it? And of course, they were saying, you put them up. We were, we're delighted to get a bit of colour into the town, get a bit of life going. And then they, they got involved and they, they did massive work on the clean-up over on the promenade. But um, I was talking to Paul and Noli a couple of weeks ago for an upcoming uh, feature in Monday's paper on the, the role of tidy towns in the town of Formoy in, in helping new people to the town to integrate. But Paul was saying to me, the Ukrainian scenario uh, with the with the people who arrived last year and who've been there in the town since has been such a success for integration that the people who last year were great volunteers for tidy towns from the Grand Hotel, yeah. uh, the Ukrainian people, they're they actually they're saying, look, oh, I could do, I might be able to do Tuesday night, but I don't think I'll be able to do Thursday. I'm under pressure. Like Paul, I've got a full time job now. I, so they've they've all integrated in their different ways. They've That's all brilliant. got work, and so. But the I suppose the broader thing in Formoy with the tidy towns movement and with people uh, who who are helping out and integrating is that you may have seen at the end of November and the start of December there were some pretty ugly scenes in Formoy with far right agitators. I did indeed. Yes, the. What happened there was really unexpected. You had a, a bus busload of about eighty, well, eighty people coming from somewhere. I was uh, I was asked some of their demonstrations, and I, I personally, being from that general area, I recognised there was a second demonstration they had. They had fifty people. I recognised fewer than ten of them as being from Fomoy, but look, that'll you'll get lost in the weeds about the argument about who was bust in and who wasn't. But really. What I, I met the people who were in the bus who were coming from who were coming to Fomoy that night at the end of November to make their home in in this new accommodation centre in Fomoy. Convent, isn't it? Yeah, the old presentation convent, Saint mm. Joseph's. But they said to me, we didn't know where we were. We, it was dark. It was cold. It was wet. We had no idea where we were. And suddenly there's all these people outside shouting and roaring and go home and men of fighting age and paedophiles and terrible allegations being roared. Yes. And it, 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 they said they were absolutely terrified. But what, what there was a strange, weird sort of a backlash against that. And suddenly 
uh, that was the Wednesday night, the, the, the last night of November, I think. And by the Saturday, there was 300 people up at the far side of the town, up by the Church of Ireland, protesting against that protest and saying, yeah. well, you people don't speak for us. Yeah. We're a welcoming town. And that's had a, a strange ring to And to go back to the tidy towns, the people who are in St. Joseph's now, who are asylum seekers was the was the old word for, for the old phrase, uh, international protection seekers, they're now all volunteering in the tidy towns. Oh, it's, it's their turn now, if you like. They're, they're out there on a Saturday. I was out with them. They were putting out uh, flower planters and tidying up one of the local estates. I, I just, it's quite, it's so impressive to see okay. these people who have come to Ireland and who want to give something back and who want to be part of their, their local community. So people, but look, to go back to Alexander, he is, uh, he, he's quite a, uh, He's a lovely young man. He is, he's in, look, he's loving the, the welcome he's got in Formoy. He feels that Irish people are very decent and very kind. And, and you know, look, when you're back and forth on, on Google Translate and it's taking five minutes to explain the point, you kind of get a sense that, no, this is a fellow who's thinking over his words. He's not going for a, he's not going for a quick bit of plumos. And he was just saying, no. Irish people are very friendly and there's there's a smile there for people and, nice. and of course he, he finishes off by saying you never know when all this is over I might come back I might marry an Irish woman all together <laughs> uh, that's lovely and he sounds like a really and he saw his picture on, on, on the echo lovely piece Donald look forward to reading about the tiny town tidy towns on a Monday uh, thank you Donald O'Keefe of the Evening Echo that story of Alexander uh, he told Donald everything through Google Translate, so we figured, right, let's talk to Donald. I couldn't be doing Google Translate on the radio, could you? Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Couple of things on, yeah, the interest rates. I'll come to what Roger is saying in a second. Um, they put the interest rates up again yesterday, and we're being told in the news that they'll go up again in August, if not again in September. And now I got a brain fire to back in January and I went into my mortgage provider and I gave up my tracker and I locked down for I think I got three years locked down at 3.5% and to be perfectly honest with you I am so delighted that I did because I'd now be paying probably over five if we were to take the tracker amount on top am I glad I did that Valerie Hi PJ good morning where's this new stretch of road it's um I was going to see it morning and it's just just at the roundabout before you enter the tunnel. It's the two lanes coming from Dublin. Okay. Right? So it's, um, it, it, it just opened this morning. Well, I don't know really because I wouldn't have there yesterday. Um, the inside lane, there was a big after glory, right? Mm. So I was obviously taking my time because it was just new and I just knew it. He had to take a chain swing out onto my lane. Whoever Injury this PJ. Definitely ought to be fired, like do you know what I mean? I don't know, is it a per- permanent situation or is it just temporary? Yeah. But it couldn't be temporary when the, 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 just the, it opened it, you know? Those lanes down there are changing all the time. You take your you have your heart in your mouth. This yeah, weekend it, is not the same as last weekend, it's not the same as the weekend before. It's all changing down there all the time. Yeah, but like if you're on the outside lane then to enter the on the roundabout to go into the tunnel. He has to swing out, isn't his fault? Do you know what I mean? That's right. That's it's right. A, it's just too narrow completely for Larry's. Like, there's definitely going to be an accident there. Like, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, they've been. No, I was just willing you to warn, you know, to let listeners know, just to be careful there, especially in the rain and everything. Now, you know, the way things get sure, in the rain. Sure, indeed, Valerie. Thanks for that quick call. Rain. There's new arrangements again near the tunnel. That's a long and ongoing process. That whole um, Dunkettle interchange. And I've just noticed it going through it. Thanks, Val. Going through it the last few weeks on and off, going here and going there and going back and going forth. It never seems to be the same every two times I'm there. And I know it's all about progress and I know it'll all be sexy in the end. It'll be great. But just be very careful driving down there at the moment because stuff is changing before your very eyes every week or every couple of weeks, whatever. Oh, eight one eight ninety six. Yeah, sexy roads. Did you ever see a sexy road? It'll be a fierce, sexy road altogether by the time it's done. 0818-969696. Just on the interest rates before I go to the song. So Roger is recently retired. I have a small nest egg. The interest rate is minuscule. The ECB keep putting the rates up. They're now at 3.5%. But what are we getting from the Irish banks? Not even half a percent. Somebody is making a shed load of money here in between. Shouldn't the regulator step in? especially as the Irish people bailed out the banks. This is something, Roger, my pal, who's into this financial stuff far more than I, was saying to me months ago. He said, the, the interest rates on savings are not worth a curse. Who's making money? Someone's creaming it. And the other thing I was saying about the ES, the ECB and putting up the rates, they're saying we have to bring interest under control, and I'm sure our inflation under control, and I'm sure they do. Inflation is under... Do you have to do Inflation, 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 inflation. And Mrs. von der Leyen's going, inflation, 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 inflation. But now these people can't pay their mortgages. So we're going back to the same crack that we were with in, in 2009, 2010, when people lost control of their, of their mortgages. So the ECB is doing what it's doing to counter inflation which is fine, that's what they say they have to do. But on the other hand, people are going into penury with their mortgages. Yeah, Donald just, he has a two-page spread on Monday's Echo about the Tidy Towns and the support that Tidy Towns is getting from asylum seekers uh, in from why That'll be well worth a read. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. So I got an email from Sarah. Sarah has been exposed to the effects in other people of a thing called fentanyl. And it was her first experience coming across this. She sent us an email. She's just back from a trip to New York. I just wanted to let you know, she says, about her recent trip to New York and the horrific sights I saw. Supposedly during COVID, the Americans closed down the methadone clinics and a lot of people started using fentanyl. The effects of this are evident on every street corner. We noticed so many times during our trip, people literally standing frozen like statues in the street they looked like renaissance statues frozen in time it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen and from what I've told once the drug induced freeze releases them they wake up and they can be very aggressive as a result of this fentanyl some of them hit out and attack random people 
we saw young men, older women and people of all ages standing frozen on the street. I really hope to God this drug never gets to our shores because it's the most frightening thing I've ever seen. It ruined our trip. That's from Sarah. It reminded us of this, which if you've never seen it, look it up. It's a masterpiece of television. Frightened the living life out of you. But a television masterpiece. This is just the, the trailer, the extended trailer, which is worth listening to, of Dopesick. One of the most frightening things I've ever watched on television. The finest hour in the acting career, in my humble opinion, of Michael Keaton. But that's just a by the by. And we tied it in with Sarah's email because fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. So they're all tied in together. But I'm sorry to say, Sarah, uh, if you think it's not here already, it is. Michael Gearan, addiction counsellor and great friend of the opinion line. Michael, you and I spoke about fentanyl and its dangers. It must be four years ago, my friend. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and good to talk to you as always. And we did indeed have a conversation about four years ago regarding fentanyl when there had been a number of adverse events in Ireland um, relating to it. So I suppose going back to the email that Sarah sent in describing her experience in America, fentanyl from a drug addiction point of view is as bad as it gets in terms of its effects on the users and the grave and real danger at every time it's used of an accidental overdose that is uh, fatal. So, I mean, it's it's... The, the, the state of, of America at the moment as a result of the general opioid crisis, mm. which has now evolved into a fentanyl crisis, is frightening. There could be any, anything between 80 and 100,000 Americans dying per year from overdose. Good it's Lord. absolutely it's this, very, very worrying. This is lethal stuff, though, like, because this is a synth- I mean, opioids in themselves are dangerous, but this is lethal because this is synthetic. This is synthetic, and you're talking about strengths and potencies of 50 to 100 times that of street-grade heroin are potentially higher in the case of illicitly synthesized fentanyl, which is most likely emanating from South America, Mexico, and in some cases, China. So it, it is absolutely, and, and one of the problems with it is that the users do not have an appreciation of the strength of of the the drug that they are using fentanyl of course is a medicine that has applications in human and and veterinary medicine mm-hmm. and it's used for pain relief and anesthesia and it's generally measured i believe even though i have no medical expertise it's measured in micrograms rather than milligrams yes and a microgram is one thousandth of a milligram so that will give you an indication as to the minute amounts of fentanyl that somebody would need to take to have an effect. And, of course, addicts, as is being seen in the United States at the moment, are miscalculating these Mm. largely and causing themselves untold harm. Is it one of these things that people switch up to, Michael, when something else doesn't work, or are they being brought into it at that level? Because if they are, that's horrifying. Well, I'd say it's a kind of an escalation. I think the whole issue in in America started with the the unscrupulous practices whereby non-doctors were prescribing medication like Percocet and Oxycontin. And not only that, the industry were directly marketing these products to patients, which thankfully doesn't happen in Ireland because patients are not good judges of what is good for them. And as as that, that 
process of evolution with, with these prescribed opioids went on, people switched to heroin and people who were using heroin as a result of that crisis, it would appear now have switched to fentanyl, primarily because the suppliers introduced fentanyl into the market. And there are huge advantages where synthetics are concerned, both in terms of cost and both in ter- and equally in terms of ease of transport, because the amount of fentanyl that can be transported in a small quantity um, across borders and so on is hugely advantageous when you're doing something covert, mm. like moving around illicit drugs. And you said uh, it, it is in, in clinical use, both veterinary and human medicine, as are many other opioids. They're so addictive, aren't they, Michael? And we wouldn't be, you know, telling anybody who we're talking about here. But but I know that in your own private practice, you've come across people who, for very legitimate reasons, with very legitimately painful medical conditions, they became addicted to their own treatment and you had to help to get them off it. Yes, absolutely. And it's compounded by the fact that because of the waiting lists that we see in the health service here, people can very often get caught in a situation where they have chronic pain and they don't have a timely intervention for that chronic pain. An example would be somebody, for example, waiting for an orthopedic procedure. They might have to wait a long time for that. And the humane thing, of course, for them to do is for the doctor to prescribe a medication, maybe like tramadol or something like that, to ease their pain and discomfort. So when we see, when I currently or sometimes see clients who are addicted to opioid pain medications, it's very often the case that that person has been found themselves in that situation because of our ailing health service and because we can't deliver solutions that may be surgical, for example, quick enough to that person. And in the meantime, the doctor has to alleviate their pain and discomfort by by some means. I have to say, by and large, prescribing in Ireland is very responsible. Where, where opioid medication is concerned. But when you get situations where people are in constant chronic pain, um, doctors really have no option mm. but to use these medications, but they do so very judiciously. But it's not. we have seen cases of OxyContin dependence. We have seen cases of tramadol dependence, but nothing in comparison to that which has swept across America in the yeah. past decade, thankfully. It is very, very scary. And I know, Anel, you're a... You're a you're an optimist by nature, Michael, and we've always tried to be optimistic when we talk here on the programme. But it's just getting worse. There's nothing getting better here in, the, in, in, in trying to deal with this problem. No. And I suppose when you look at it, I suppose the scary thing is when you look at the new world order of drug dependence and you look at organisations like the EMCDDA who are responsible for monitoring drug use in Europe, turning around and telling people like us that two years ago they identified 75 more synthetic cannabinoids that they didn't know existed. You worry about the fact that there is going to be an evolution over the next decade or two away from the common or garden drugs that we are used to seeing like cocaine and heroin to these synthetic opioids and stimulants is point one. And as that happens there is the risk that we will come across a batch of cocaine or a batch of heroin that will come into Ireland and be contaminated with some sort of lethal adulterant. I suppose that would be the worst case scenario. So it's all very worrying, PJ. Yeah. And in your view, lastly, as a professional that deals with the, 
the mess people can get into. We talk about easing accessibility to, say, medicinal cannabis, and we talk about maybe, you know, making, saying that the the drugs law we have hasn't worked. How do you feel as a professional that deals with addiction about easing access to what you might call the old-fashioned Class A drugs? Well, I think, first of all, there's a very good case to be made for easing access to to medicinal cannabis. That's that's a no-brainer because if somebody has an illness and it, <clears throat> they're experiencing symptoms which cannabis might help with, they should certainly get it. Undoubtedly, if and it will be very interesting to see what the Citizens' Assembly will come up with, if we relax the the rules around possession and and breaking the law, that will undoubtedly lead to further normalisation of drug taking within Irish society. But having said that, we also know that a four decade long war on drugs through the criminal justice system has obviously not worked. Mm-hmm. So we need to start investing our resources that we are currently pushing towards sanctioning people in the criminal justice system for possession of illicit drugs towards education and prevention and services. Um, and maybe we need to seriously look at decriminalisation at this stage for no other reason than the criminalisation of drug possession merely drives it underground. All right, Michael, we'll talk again. Thank you very much. That's addiction counsellor Michael Gearham. But Sarah, you were worried that fentanyl would be here. It already is. And people like Michael very concerned about it. 75,000 people in the States died last year as a result of opioid abuse. It's frightening. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Box 96FM. Busy one this morning. I must start going through some of the stuff you've been sending that you just discovered when you were today years old. Like this one, the other juice packs, kids' juice packs, those little corners at the side, you know, the way they fold up, that's to stop the child squeezing the juice out of the carton. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Did not know that. Or to cool your own drink. Now, this is clever, right? So you take kitchen paper. So, you, you know, you've got a, you have one can of beer left in the house, right? Or one tin of orange left in the house and you haven't chilled it here's what you do get some paper towel kitchen towel and wet it and wrap it around the can or wrap it around the bottle and stick it into the freezer for a few minutes until the kitchen roll freezes around it and take that off and you have a lovely cold drink we've all put a can into the freezer and it's and it's burst on us this it won't burst if you do this I'm told I'm just told I've never done it yet 0818 96 96 96. Ruth emailed me this morning about those little bags that you get at Tommy's here and, and her concerns about them. In a very legitimate situation, that if you were waiting on a call from a babysitter or someone 
how would you know they were ringing you? I'll come back to that in a, in a, in a second, but we're, we're, we're back on the, on the subject of gigs again. Uh, Georgina, you were trying to get home from, I believe it was a fabulous gig. You were trying to get home from Paolo Nottini, but you couldn't get a taxi for love nor money because, was it, they, they wouldn't take free now or something? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, we had a fab evening, lovely um, Paolo, he was great. Not fond of his long hair now, I must say, but <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um, so yeah, we came out of the gig and sure, look, it's madness around that area. Everyone knows that after the gig, you know, it's chaos. Like everyone runs out at the same time looking to grab a taxi or whatever. So we actually bumped into another friend of mine who I knew was at the gig, but I just didn't see him during it. So he said to me, why don't we grab a drink in the Tory top and then We'll wait for 20 minutes and we'll see, does it ease off? So we said, fine. So we did that. We came out. There was a few taxis around, whatever. Well, people were running down to them. You know, beautiful. We were like, look, it's fine, blah, blah. But we could see other people were using their apps as well. So we were like, grand, we'll all go on free now and we'll all try it. And I did it. And within a few minutes, I got a taxi and I was like, brilliant. There's someone on the way. He's three minutes away. Let's wait. And you know, it gives you the description of the car and it Mm. gives you the reg and Mm. it gives you the taxi number. So... This it was Toyota events came around the corner and I said, this is us. And you know the way you can track them on the app. And next thing, my phone flashed up and said, booking cancelled. So we walked over and I said, sorry, you just cancelled my fare there. I said, this is you, isn't it? And I showed him the reg. And these guys were getting into the taxi and were kind of laughing and whatever. And he said, um, sorry, sorry, I cancelled that. I cancelled that. And I was like, what? So anyway, my friend was like, I have one now as well. It's fine. Forget about it. He's a minute away. So we let him drive off. But we were a bit like, okay, that was odd, you know. And then the other guy came along. Same thing. um, Came around. As he literally drove around the corner, her phone pinged, cancelled. And ah, yeah. we were like, stop now. And then um, another bunch of men <laughs> got into that taxi. So I said, this is ridiculous. So then my phone went, I got a fare. I was like, okay, third time lucky. This has to be it now. And um, same thing again. And I was like, I'm actually getting so annoyed now. Are we ever going to get home? We were half an hour waiting outside. And you know, the app So hold on, the, like the, the cab takes the booking through the app. And yes. then as they approach, they cancel. Because someone else jumps in with cash. On the street, yes. So on the fourth one, eventually, um, a really nice guy stopped. And I said, sorry, sorry, on the third one, sorry. When he came, I was getting the mad at this point. So I ran over and I said, I'm really sorry now. What's happening? Why why is everyone cancelling our fares? I said, is there something wrong with our apps? I don't know. Can you please explain? And he said, ah, you're too expensive. And drove off. And I was like, what does that even mean? You know, so like, of course, then me and my friend were raging. <laughs> we were seeing red. I actually thought I was like on a hidden camera show at one point. I was like, are <laughs> people going to come out and be like, Haha, you're punked? You know? So then um, the, the fourth taxi driver, anyway, he came along and he was like, how's it going? Do you have a good night? Whatever. And I said to him, come here, this is ridiculous. Like, look at this. And I was showing him my cancelled trips on the app and my friends. And he said, what's happening, he thinks, is... There's a now a 15% fee that they are charged to take a free now fare. Mm-hmm. So basically they are accepting the fare, let's say, but then when they get to the area and if there's more people there, they're cancelling it because obviously if Johnny there has a tenor or whatever in cash, he's not going to be charged anything extra. 
Whereas if he takes me, he's going to get 15% less of his fare. And then there's also an administration fee or something like that. Yeah. So basically a 30 euro fare to him is probably only worth 20. Whereas if he takes a cash fare, it's still a 30 euro fare is what we gathered from what yeah. he told us. So, but very, very frustrating. Like 40 minutes nearly we were waiting all together. Yeah, I've had that happen to me a couple of times um, ever since, the, ever since the, the bus routes got better at night. Now I don't use taxis at all, but but I have had had that happen. You have the free now guy coming and you're grand to be here and all of a sudden gone. What the hell's going on here? And the second, the mm. second fellow might take you. But that's why, because yeah. there's a commission for using the app. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they, they'll take a cash... They get charged it. Right. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, but you can see why they'd be upset about it, but... Oh, absolutely. But like, it's just, it, I don't know, I suppose it's frustrating for the user as well because like at the end of the day, you're trying to do it for convenience. You're just trying to get home, you know, sure. and like... Well, we, 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 we were told, Georgina, were we not, when this thing, these apps arrived, oh, you'll never have to wave around the side of the street like an Egypt again in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Turns out now that's yeah. a better way yeah. to get a cab yeah. still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got home all right though. We did. We got home all right. And the fellow who took us in the end was lovely. We had little sing song and everything was grand. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you, Georgina, for that. Oh, wait. Have a good weekend. Oh, wait. One, eight, 96, 96, 96. Let me understand what I think she's after saying to me. So you, you get the, the taxi on the free now and it's confirmed and the little map comes up and you're a minute away or two minutes away. So you go out the front and you're there waving to see will he come and you're whatever. And then he goes off and he takes somebody else because it's cash in hand there and then at the side of the street. Because when you book through Freenow, and I'm sure there are other apps, when you book through Freenow, the driver is losing a percentage of the fare before you even sit into the car. Here's another one. This came in while I was talking to Georgina. PJ, I'm not surprised to hear that. I've noticed something else as well. I'm convinced that taxi drivers prioritise cash fares on Freenow. If I'm out late on a Friday or Saturday night, I've noticed that if I have the Freenow app set to card only, there are no taxis available. But if I switch the option to pay cash, the taxis pop up. I've been testing this theory over the last few weeks, and it seems to be the case, says Casey. Ah, you do have, you can can set it in Freenow that you pay with the Received card on the app, or, or you could pay cash, and they know you're a card payment when you book. I'm assuming here, Casey. But if you change the setting to say that you might be paying in cash, you get a car faster. I have no evidence of that other than what you tell me. But it certainly sounds odd. Thanks. 0818969696 for the gigs. Just look, we can stay talking about gigs all day because there's so many of them on at the moment. Read this from Ruth earlier. She was at Tommy Tiernan last night. We all got those little bags to put our phones into. And it's there. Your phone is on. And you could, I could hear it last night. I had it in my back pocket. I could hear the messages coming in, but I didn't know who it was. And look, it's probably a thing and nothing. And I'll be, I've told anyone who might be wanting to get me that I'll be at the gig and I won't be at my phone anyway. But 
this Ruth said she was there last night with her friend and her friend has a four-year-old who's a little bit under the weather at the moment and he was at home with his dad. Nothing serious. You know yourself. Dad was at home. But she was saying, what if dad wants to contact me in a hurry? How do I know it's him? Because you can't see the phone inside in the bag. Now everything's fine and all of that. Uh, Ruth said it didn't spoil the night, but it was worth thinking about. Which I couldn't agree with you more, Ruth. Bernie says, if you're going to be that worried, you should be home with your child. Mobile phones are comparatively recent. How did people live before this? I think it's 100% right what Tommy is doing with the phones. You see, Bernie, that I'm with you, right? Phones are a new thing, and what did we do before phones? But, see, what did we do before sliced bread? What did we do before running water? What did we do before electricity? Just because we survived and managed at a time when we didn't have these things in our life doesn't actually mean anything. But I do, I do take the point you're making. Do you know? But I wouldn't go back to having no electricity and, and, and no mobile phones, would you? Well, thank you. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork's 96 FM. Taxi driver on the phone who says that Katie is wrong, effectively. He said, when you take a fare from the Freenow app, as a driver now, when you take a fare from the Freenow app, you don't know whether or not that person is going to use cash or card when they're paying for their fare. So the taxi driver's end of the app doesn't tell you whether or not the user or the customer is going to be using cash or card. That's what the taxi driver said. We believe him. Obviously we do. But Katie still insists that... Anyway, you know yourself. 0818 96 96 96. Just on Michael Gearin and drugs and Michael's comments towards the end of that. If you missed that conversation, you'll be able to see it or hear it on podcast early this afternoon. Kevin says, I agree with him. Legalise cannabis. Look at other countries and see the benefits since they legalised it. And look at the Portuguese model where they decriminalised a lot of small-time possession for your own use. And that has led to a change in the situation in, in Portugal. Cheers, Kev. Now, the national minimum wage is currently €11.30 an hour. If you're under 18 you are only entitled to be paid seven ninety one an hour. Or your boss might decide to pay you the full minimum wage, but he or she only has to pay you seven ninety one an hour. If you're 18 in your first year of employment, your boss only has to pay you €9 Euro an hour. And a 19-year-old in the second year of employment, 
your boss only has to pay you ten euro. In other words, the minimum wage for a young worker, you you'll be two years in the job if you go in very young. You'll be two years in the job before you actually get the minimum wage. That's there. It's law. Uh, a number of different politicians are trying to change it, including Mick Barry. Mick, good morning. Hi, PJ. Mick, I remember uh, my first job back in the day. And I was a kid. I was actually in Roach's stores, I think. And I knew I wasn't getting the same wage as the, the fella down the other end of, the, of, of the, the room because I was only a kid on my first job. That's okay, isn't I said it? That's going back a long, I said that's going back a long time, PJ. Well, it is a long time, but I, I felt the principle was the same. Yeah, and you know maybe maybe that was the thinking back in the day when 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 you and I were were kids. But I think time has moved on now. Um, the the law of the land says that it's illegal to discriminate against people on grounds of I don't know on gender grounds or nationality grounds or ethnicity, whatever. But in the workplace, it is still legal to discriminate on grounds of age. Um, if someone is doing the work, there should be equal pay for the work. I think that's the basic principle here. And um, people before Profit Solidarity uh, had a bill uh, before the doll on Wednesday. Uh, now, all of the people before Profit Solidarity TDs, including myself, uh, would say that the minimum wage is too low. But... If it's the minimum wage, it should be the minimum wage. And the bill was proposing the scrapping of what they're calling the youth exemptions, all right, the get-out clauses mm. uh, for the under-20s. Uh, so there was a two-hour debate in the Dáil and a vote uh, on the Wednesday night. And the basic point we were arguing was, if you do the work, you should get equal pay. There should be no discrimination. Okay, so here I am in Centra, we'd say, or any other workplace that pays minimum wage and I'm working at the till and I've been there a couple of years and I'm earning minimum wage I'd, I'd like to make more um, but that's, that's, that's a different argument but then someone arrives in to do a summer job stacking shelves a 17 year half year old comes in doing a summer job stacking shelves which is good honourable work in itself are you honestly saying Mick that I wouldn't have a grievance if they're getting the very same as I am? Well, that's an interesting point that you raised there because the minimum wage is not just um, the minimum rate. It is also the floor for wages in this country. Okay, uh, So no one gets paid less than that. But when the floor is raised, it's not guaranteed, it's not 100% automatic, but what tends to happen is that when the floor is raised, it has a knock-on effect uh, on other wages. So you tend to find that when the minimum wage goes up a euro, that the person who was a wee bit above the minimum wage, their wages go up as well. So it's actually in the interest of the person who's been working in Centre for a couple of years and is on the 11.30 to, to support the scrapping of the youth exemptions. Apart from anything else, they can be let go and the employer brings in the people at the lower rates. So it's very much in the interest of all workers that, that these sub-minimum rates are done away with. Do you think it'll happen? 
Well, here's what happened uh, in the Dáil. Um, the government weren't under pressure on the issue. I think they felt that really they were trying to defend the indefensible. Uh, so rather than vote against it, uh, which a lot of people thought that they would do, we managed to put them under enough pressure that what they did was they said, we will vote for this, but it is frozen and doesn't go to the next stage for a period of 12 months, which in itself is a disgrace. It's kicking the can down the road. As as I said in the debate, uh, this is about justice and justice delayed is justice denied. Mm-hmm. But, it does mean, but it does mean that it will go to the next stage in the doll in 12 months' time. I would, if I were a young worker, I wouldn't be waiting around uh, for that to happen. Uh, I would encourage young people to have conversations among themselves in the workplace and begin to get organized. There was an interesting statistic that I found in the course of my research for the debate. I had to speak for 10 minutes on Wednesday morning. So That's, I no, I, hard, I, I, that's I, I, no, no, no hardship for you, Mick. You could speak for <laughs> Ireland. Well, I can waffle on for 10 minutes, PJ, but actually filling it with a sharp content, uh, I need to do a bit of research. In any case, um, what I discovered was a survey that was done uh, by, of all groups, the, the Smurfit Business School in the University College Dublin, right? Uh, and they had gone out and conducted interviews uh, with workers across all age cohorts. And the two basic questions were, are you in a union? And would you like to be in the union? If there was a vote in your workplace, would you vote for a union? Interestingly, they found that the cohort with the lowest amount of unionization were the 18 to 24s. That was 14%, less than one in seven. Mm. But the cohort with the biggest desire to be organised and to be in a union and who would vote for it if there was a vote in their workplace was the same group. It was the 18 to 24s and 65%, nearly two thirds, said that they would like to be in a union. So if I was a trade union organiser or someone sitting in a trade union office listening to this interview, I would say, yeah, there's an opportunity for us. Now, I made the point in the debate that I felt that the unions have let young workers down. They haven't championed their cause the way that they should champion their cause, with mm. a few honourable exceptions. Well, hold on now. When this, for the unions. When this minimum wage rate and the youth exception or the youth... Like, the unions were not surprised by this. They, they would have known this was going through when it went through. Yes. There is a group called the Low Pay Commission, uh, which meets um, once a year and makes recommendations to the government on the issue of the minimum wage. Uh, there's representation on the Low Pay Commission for various groups, uh, migrant workers, um, Irish Congress of Trade Unions, employers groups, and so on. So the Irish Congress of Trade Unions are part of the the group that's, that make the recommendation uh, on the issue of uh, uh, the minimum wage. Now, in fairness to the union reps on that committee, uh, they've voted against uh, some of the lower increases that we've seen in uh, recent years. But the unions need to be doing more campaigning work, rolling up the sleeves, getting out there, organising young workers. They haven't done that enough. And here's an opportunity for them. Two out of three young workers say, we would like to be in a, in a union job mm-hmm. and wages is key issue for young people. Because after all, <laughs> this idea that you don't get 100% of the minimum wage. I mean, when the landlord comes knocking for the rent on a Friday night, 
uh, although I'm giving me age away because that's the way it used to be as all bank accounts now. But in any case, when, when the landlord is looking for the rent, you can't say, well, look, I'm only getting 90% of the minimum wage. I'll only give you 90% of the rent. Yeah. You know, that doesn't work. It doesn't. But, and I'm, I'm going to be accused of making a sweeping statement here, but I'm going to try it anyway. I, I, would, I would contend, Mick, that 17 and a half year olds on their first job their first summer gig, very few of them are the ones paying the rent, man, to be fair. They're there, they're there. But, but, Mm. yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Uh, That's not a sweeping statement. That's that's a statement of fact, I would think. Um, uh, They are a small minority, and I would say uh, that uh, the the under-20s who are rare in a family themselves or a child, uh, they're out there. They are, they uh, are, they're, they a minor- are. They're, they're a minority as well. But a bigger group maybe, a bigger group maybe with the cost of living crisis and the pressures bearing down on uh, working class households in particular this, yeah. and young people not, not, sorry, if I could just finish my point, and go. young people not being able to afford to go out and rent, I'd say there's a fair number of under 20s uh, bringing the pay pack at home and giving a, a, a fair portion of, to, the, to the mother, oh, you know? There's that too. Someone's here asking me, ask him about the, the, the gender pay gap. What are his thoughts on the gender pay gap? The least, most recent figure this caller saw for the gender pay gap was 14%. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think the gender pay gap is a disgrace. Um, what tends to happen now is that uh, if you have a job, uh, the man and the woman uh, or the non-binary person will get the same wage, but there's a concentration uh, of women in lower paid, uh, lower status employment, and a concentration of men in, in the professions in particular. And that gives you your your gender pay gap. Um, uh, the figure I have here is 11% for Ireland and 13% for the EU, but I'm not disputing the figure that your caller has raised. I mean, it's it's in that kind of a ballpark. I also mm. saw... Like, it is not... A, okay, it is not... You are not allowed to advertise a job at any level in any company and say, if you're the man, it's 50 grand a year. If you're a woman, it's 45. You're not allowed to do that. No, that's illegal. Uh, and it tends to happen along the lines that I suggested there, that the, the lower paid employments are the one where you have a concentration. Of uh, of women and the professions in particular are where you've got a greater concentration of uh, of men, and so isn't that kind you know, of kind of a mathematically generate ge- generated wage gap rather than a real one? Uh, well, I think if you open the phone lines and ask uh, your female listeners if they feel that it's mathematically generated or real, I think they will say that. Oh, I'm just being mischievous. I'm, I'm I'm just looking at a set of figures and thinking, well, th- th- you can't pay a man and woman a-, a different wage for the same job. Now, yes, there are more women concentrated in low-paying workplaces. That's possibly a different no, issue. But do the maths and you get the figures. You need to open up the better paid jobs and professions uh, to women in a real way. And part of that is the education system, which tends to to steer uh, the boys towards the professions and, and, and the women to an extent uh, is breaking down now uh, away from it. So you, you have to look at the big picture of the mm-hmm. education system uh, uh, there and really tackle it. But you need to tackle it 
because um, uh, I read a report there which said that globally, uh, if the gender pay gap is being closed, it's being closed at a, at a glacial rate, and at current rate of change, it would take 257 years to fully close the gender okay. pay gap. That has to be knocked on the head, and I'm sure this generation of young women will make sure that it is. Okay, Mick, leave it there. Thank you very much, Mick Barry of the Socialist Party. People before profit, solidarity. What he wants to do, the gender pay gap... By the way, what do you think about what I said about the gender pay gap? It's there, it exists, and it shouldn't, admittedly. But much of it is down to a mathematical calculation. But with regard to your first job, so I I was, what, 17, 18 maybe even that. I got a job in Roche stores. Yes, I know, it's not today nor yesterday. And I was being paid what I was being paid. And I was very happy to get it. I knew that the people around me were being paid more, but they were there longer and they were full-time. And I was okay with that. And when I got older and went and worked other jobs, then I got the better wage because I was older and I was more experienced. Um, that is a simple reality I would have thought. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormal Maladies, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What? Jackie, you're joking me. You're absolutely joking me. Free now, taxi. Turned up in Douglas Court. I had a trolley load of shopping to bring home. The driver said he had his own shopping in the boot and he couldn't fit mine in. So he cancelled the trip. Ah, for the love of Mike. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but then again, I do a lot of things I shouldn't do. Thanks, Jackie. 0818 We're going through some of the stuff that you didn't know you didn't know. The stuff that you were 
today years old when you found out. Like, you know, sometimes um, on a keyring, there's a little hook at the end of it. You know, it looks like a kind of a spanner. That's a bottle opener and a can opener. You can open a can with it by turning it around so you don't break your nails or hurt yourself on the ring of a can. <laughs> Some of these are beauties. The end of a, of a tape measure. So you pull out a tape measure and there's holes in it and a hook and serrated edges and all that. They're all there so you can mark the start of what you're measuring. How clever is that? Or another thing to do with a drink can. There's nothing, you know, you put a straw into a drink can. Now, don't, don't get me started on straws. Do not get me started on straws, them bloody paper things that dissolve in your drink. They're, 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 uh, and to be fair, for anyone who struggles with their swallow, as people with a disability might, those paper straws are a scourge. And I say that without fear of being, oh, well, it will be con- contradicted, but there you go. But if you open a drink and you don't like the straw popping up out of it, do you know the little ring in the ring pull? There's a little hole in it. Push it down through that, and that'll hold the straw steady inside your drink. Stuff you didn't know, you didn't know. Did you need to know it? I don't know. Did you need to know it? But you do now. 0818 96 96 96. If any more ideas, then, then send them over to us. I have an email as well to do. I'll do it now, actually, Eames. The one about the, 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 the woman who's bothered by the screaming child. I'll do it now, because coming up in just a sec, we have our hours to protect feature in association with Commission Man and Sound and Vision. And that'll be coming up in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, here's an email I had from Sophie. Um, and you'd sympathise with Sophie, but she really is in a bit of a bind because I don't know how anybody would handle this gently and kindly. I don't know how you would. So she said, Dear PJ, this is something I can't call you about because my neighbour is a lovely woman she listens every day, and if she heard me, she'd be mortified, and I'd hate that. I work from home a lot, every day except Monday, in fact. It's great, and it's really lovely in the good weather, because I can bring a few files out into the garden and work on the outside table. The problem is, my neighbor's little fella is six, and he's on the spectrum. He's an adorable little lad. But when he plays with his ball or with his puppy or in his trampoline, he screams at the top of his voice all the time. I'm three gardens away, but it still carries over. I can't work with that going on, so I go back inside, which is fine, into the kitchen. But then I have to shut the windows because I can still hear it. So in this good weather, I'm baking with the heat trying to work in my own kitchen. Now, maybe I'm being mean. I know he can't help it. But what should I do? I, I, I can't bring myself to say anything. I can say she's as frazzled as I am. Does anybody have any thoughts about this? And that's from Sophie. Let's let that with you. Let that sit with you. And if you have any ideas, this little lad, he's a couple of, couple of, couple of gardens away from her comes out to play and he screams all day at the top of his voice, which I've known kids on the spectrum to do that. You feel sorry for her. You feel sorry for him. You feel sorry for his mother too. Any advice for Sophie? Anything kind to say now? Don't be 
0818 Now, as I said, after the break, our hours to protect feature in association with Commission Naman Sound and Vision. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. A fundraising picnic will take place at Currabeg Nursery on Sunday, the 25th of June at 2 pm. The event will attempt to create Ireland's longest picnic table on the day. There'll be kids' entertainment with bog entertainment circus, raffles and plenty of tea, coffee, cakes and family fun. Proceeds from the event will go towards the Laura Lynn Foundation. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie Hours to Protect brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI and funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. Today on Ours to Protect, we talk to Mo Odling, the lead visual artist behind the Drawn in Common creative initiative that works to empower communities to celebrate common spaces in Cork City and County. I say that I'm a visual artist with a social practice and like many artists working, environmental concerns just are so overwhelming. Every other issue, whether that's social or political, seems very much to be built on our environment and our interaction with the earth and the world that we are living in. And it just really does make sense to me that any social practice work in some way touches on the environment. Let's start off with a definition. What's meant by the common space when we talk about the environment? Commoning, as it is called by academics, is a way of managing space not owned by corporations or by the government. Everyone has a right to this land, but also a responsibility to protect it. For Mo, Drawn in Common is a first step to broadening the conversation around understanding and celebrating common space and being an active citizen for the idea in Cork City. So in January, I started hosting drawing sessions and alongside conceptual conversations about what do we hold in common all around this plant, visually inspired by this plant called Calendula. Calendula is also called pot or scotch marigold. Uh, You'll see it growing all over Cork City. It grows in those overlooked spaces, often what we would have called the commons. So that's uh, like, you know, your verges, your your little bits of green space uh, along the edges of things. And it's such a beautiful bloom, but it's also such a historically significant bloom in terms of the medicinal space. It's a great skin healer. And it's really been significant throughout human history as being this really potent plant. So we used that beautiful plant and the idea of the commons that we drew and we drew and as I talked to people, different people came over the workshops, we talked about what do we hold in common, what is that big void of like scary stuff that we are all kind of continually sitting in, we can't deal with it successfully by ourselves. All over the world land is becoming less and less common, so what can we do to protect it? Well, it's such an important question, not just here in Cork, but all over the world, I'd say. But looking locally, there are a lot of parks. That's really great. But in terms of common spaces and 
the parks, quite often you'll find they're quite monotone. So big grassy areas may look lovely, maybe good for like lounging and things, but actually biodiversity wise, they're really not that great. We need to be looking locally at our green spaces and thinking, how can we increase biodiversity? How can we maybe reuse these spaces to encourage, you know, social interaction? So for me, I always return to the notion of the commons within the center of my work. So whenever I'm talking to people about, you know, social action or environmental change, I bring it back to the commons and the commons exists whether we maybe believe in it or not. So it's things like our common ground, but it's also the air, the quality of the water, um, the sky. Information is a huge one, like who owns the knowledge, all of this. And the less we speak about it, a little bit like the less we use our spaces or the less we ask for more or for different, the more privatization people will sell it people will copyright it and take it out of the common realm and slowly over time we're left with less and less and less and less there's so many different things people can do but it's got to come from people's energy because it's not something that happens unless you look at it and you can't fight for something that doesn't exist anymore we've got to really use our imaginations and like that's been the biggest thing of this work is really having time to sit around a table and reimagine what the commons can mean just even on that really small scale is really radical. This project is one of a series running out of Test Site, an artistic collective that seeks to raise awareness of the public's relationship between the environment and urban architecture. Mo with more now. Every Sunday, 11 till 1, Test Site is open. You don't need to bring anything, you don't need to do anything. You can just pop in and have a look around and have t- a chat to the guys here. They've got so many plans for what can happen on this site. And as an artist, coming into a space like this really kind of it's like that little tingle of possibility of like what's going to happen and yeah just that one half of a conversation waiting to be had the theme of today's episode was the common space you can find out more about mo her work test site and commoning practices in the show notes for this episode hours to protect brought to you by cork's 96 fm the ibi and funded by commission naman with the television license fee check out hours to protect.ie for more info thank you alana for that 0818 96 96 96 did anyone hear anything about a fight outside tk max yesterday evening about tea time from what i hear it was quite bad one poor guy taken away by ambulance there was another wasn't there another fight or another stabbing in town yesterday evening as well? And then following on from the really bad one the other night on Dawn Square. I don't know how he is. He's he's still critical, but whatever. I must do this. I promised I'd do it. Well done to all the lads at AIB McCroom who are having a coffee morning for the Cope Foundation this morning from 10 until 1. Best of luck to all involved, a great cause, so please support them if you are in the area. Speaking of Cope Foundation and other such things, I had a lovely message from St. Paul's, St. Paul's School, during the week uh, when they heard us paying tribute to Christy Dignaman, when they heard the news about Christy's death uh, the other morning. They got together and they were they, at their assembly in St. Paul's, which they do every morning, they sang crazy world and their little love group did love and it was a lovely thing and they sent me a little a little video um, and they asked me if I could play a tiny piece of it. it would be a very tiny bit I'll play out and I got about 25 seconds of it 
just of them singing like a little choir. So we'll do that just to finish out today, just to mark the week that it's been. It was such a lovely thing they did. And all the kids knew it and all the all the teachers and whoever was there the other morning. So it's just a little bit of a snatch just to finish off the week in which we said goodbye to our beloved Christy. I'll do that for you before we finish. A couple more things that um, you didn't know you didn't know. Uh, you know when you get a Chinese or actually a lot of the, the Asian noodle places all do this as well. You know that little tub, like a little white tub that folds over at the top and you're food inside in it and of course it comes in from the takeaway and you start looking for plates. You don't have to look for plates. Open it up and fold it out and it is a plate when you fold it out. I didn't know that either. No, I did not know that either. You know when you, get, you, you buy a shirt or a jumper or a dress or whatever and there's a little patch of fabric attached inside it like a little square maybe a couple of inches square of, of, of the fabric inside I thought that was in case you'd need to be darning it or something or whatever typical me like no that's for if you're washing it in detergent or whatever you're using you can test that little bit of fabric against the detergent to see in case it'll do any harm really we're lo- learning stuff this morning the back of a short. Do you ever put your hand down inside the back of a short? And just there, below the collar, is a little loop. So you actually feel it in the short of Ami now. It's a tiny little loop just inside the collar, usually above the tag. That's for hanging it up. Did you know that? Well, I knew that. But loads of people didn't. This follows on yesterday from Damien and his little life hack where he held the button on the key fob of his car and the windows all went down and he held the button on the, and they all went up and loads of people were saying oh yeah that worked for my car it doesn't work for my car I tried it again yesterday when I went out after the show and I tried it again this morning no no it doesn't work for my car I'm a bit feel a bit left out now join the conversation this is the opinion line with hidden hearing focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years they're all ears visit hiddenhearing.ie Quartz 96 FM the minds are live Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Right, it doesn't look very much like Ibiza weather today. That is the first time we've looked out the window and seen that muck for a few weeks. I would say it's definitely the first time we've looked out the window and seen that muck since the middle of May, if not if not earlier, but yeah, the middle of May anyway. It really does look grotty down over the city today. That's down with us for periods of time over the weekend. But the summer isn't over. I'm watching very closely now Carla Weather. This is where Alan will save your sanity, uh, which he does regularly at summertime. It's not over. Summer's not over. It's going to turn a bit grotty for a few days. It's been building up, let's face it, lads. The nights have been hot and humid, and you'd almost be praying for a thunderstorm to clear the air. Particularly last night was as muggy as anything. The rain's coming down now, not particularly heavy, not particularly much of it, but it'll clear the air and cool things down just a little bit so we get a night's sleep again. Well, Alan was saying earlier this morning he's been throwing all the different maps and models and satellite pictures into his own 
computer program and looking at this and looking at that. And he's telling us now that there's a possibility of some serious hot stuff, but some very nice weather coming back towards the end of next week. So by this day week, uh, Friday week, by this day week, we'll be back on an improving scale again. And if he's right, and usually, I mean, the last couple of years, this time, this is where Alan made his name, saying, I'm not 100% sure yet, but it's looking very good over there. He's after making one of those predictions from after the 24th. He was saying this morning on his Twitter, it's a bit too early to say just yet, but that looks great. Looks very good, actually. So, few grotty, wet, dull old days ahead of us. Um... But an improvement coming again towards the end of next week. So the, the the summer isn't gone. But looking out at that now and seeing it for the first time since the middle of May. I, 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 if I never saw another drop of rain until September, that would suit me just fine. But that's just me. Some people will welcome that. 0818969696, the number. Text or WhatsApp 0833969696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Father's Day on Sunday. Um, I wonder what you'll be getting for your what will you buy for your dad any ideas what you might buy for your dad or give your dad on Sunday any thoughts um, 0818969696 I know some people don't like Father's Day the idea of Father's Day because they don't have their dads with them anymore and all of that I get that, I do get that uh, but still uh, it's, it's, it is a thing before we go to that or anything like it, this is a lovely little story. Kroger is a tiny, tiny, tiny little turtle, a loggerhead turtle who was found washed up on a beach in County Mayo on St. Valentine's Day. Now, Mayo is no place you want to get washed up on a beach any time of the year particularly if you're a little tiny turtle. Kevin Flannery is a marine biologist at Dingle Ocean World and indeed is the director of Dingle Ocean World and has been minding Kroger since that very day. She should not have survived, Kevin. What happened? It's a bit of a miracle. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. No, she should not have survived. Uh, I mean, she's absolutely quite tiny. She's she'd fit in on a dinner plate. That to give people a perspective in relation to the size of it. She's a gorgeous little small. Thing. Beautiful little thing, and it was upside down on the beach. And Cormac de Rocha and the family just out for a, a winter walk on, on the beach in Belmullet. And they seen it upside down and they picked it up, and the scene was still alive. So they got people in touch with me uh, because we've done this. I've been doing it, cripes, before we built the aquarium nearly 30 years ago. I used to have to keep them in the bath <laughs> and try and resuscitate them because they need warm water. And what the Yanks call is basically they hatch out in um, Miami, Florida, in the Gulf, and they go out into this great saragossum weed, the weed that's off of there, and they live there and they eat the little crabs and they eat the little shrimp and they thrive away there. But they get the, like everything in America, they get something very big. They get these great storms and hurricanes and it pushes them out of the weed and pushes them too far north. Now, they're being reptiles. They need their internal organs and they need them to be over 20 degrees plus before yeah. they can move, eat and sleep and catch food. But when they get pushed that far north, the sea is way colder and they're going to a thing called cold shock, which to you and I would be hypothermia, like going in the middle of winter, unlike the 
the great sea swimmers who are now well used to it. But these poor devils aren't, yeah. and they're going to cold shock. And then they get carried by the wind and wave. They're unable to swim, and sometimes they get washed ashore here. And we have learned here in Ocean World Aquarium how to resuscitate them, how to get you wouldn't believe a saline solution back into them Crikey. because they're dehydrated. Yeah. They're after coming out of the Atlantic Ocean. It's like a person that has been shipwrecked and you're just washing up with the waves and the wind and you have nothing to eat and therefore dehydrated, starving and very susceptible to gulls and everything else that will come mm. your way. But she survived. She made it all the way up on the beach. Others didn't make it. We three or four more that were dead in various places along the West Coast. And this is happening regularly on a regular basis. But now we have learned how to resuscitate them, as I say, PJ. And so, what, so what did you do has, with her? A saline solution to warm her up, is it? You get a, sal- a warm saline solution. You get its temperature up a couple of degrees every few hours. You know, bring it up slowly because if you put it into, it's like dipping you into a kettle of water it would be too rapid and too mm. fast in your day. So you've got to do it very on a slow basis, a couple of degrees, and then bring it up, bring it up slowly until they reach the 20. And at the same time, get the saline solution in a special way. You won't believe this, but they have a turtle hospital in Miami and they have a turtle hospital down in the Canaries because most of these poor reptiles sleep in top of the water. They're air breathing and some fellas with speed boats and jet skis yeah. and everything else. And I, I, I was on holidays in the Canaries last year, actually, Kevin, and I was out on a boat trip and we went out to see, to see the pilot whales. But on the way out, there was this enormous turtle floating on the yeah. top of the sea. And yeah. the guy, he said, oh, he's asleep. Sleep. <laughs> he comes up for a snooze in the middle of the day. Yeah, they go for a snooze. They 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 just rest. They can go down to the bottom. We have another big turtle here, poor Molly, and her flippers were chopped off for we think by a shark, and she wouldn't make it back. And we've been in touch with, and she's here for years with us. But she, the basically what happens is they drift across the Atlantic with the current and usually finish up around the Madeiras or the Canaries and they spend their teenage years here like a lot of fellas would like but then they go down with the Canary current and drift back to the Caribbean again and they're about 20, 24 years of age before the female goes in and lays her eggs again and goes through the whole cycle but they can live to be a couple, uh, hundred years plus Yeah. but our problem is plastic. They eat jellyfish. That's all they mostly eat 90% of the time. They'll thrive on jellyfish, which is no harm, and it's the, the circle of life. But they can't distinguish between plastic and jellyfish, between uh-huh. balloons and the water, and they are suffering. And as well as that, in some of their beaches where they come ashore, people are laying out their towels, their condominiums are being built, all that sort of thing. And so, therefore, the poor devils are in a dire strait, and that's why it's vitally important we help them. Yeah. So this little one, she was underweight, undernourished. You've got her oh. back now to a, a weight where she'll survive. Her health is good, and she's yeah. taking a trip with the neighbors. She is. She's gone with our Irish Naval Service, who for the first time, I think, since 2018, are gone on an overseas mission, which is great, obviously, with COVID and everything else. But they're gone on an overseas mission, as of from yesterday, the William Butler Yates. And they uh, gladly have taken it on board. And she's under their great care. And I am hoping that they will release her prior to they entering the Mediterranean where their operation has taken place. So they will re- release her into the water somewhere south of Portugal or off of Portugal between mm. there and the Madeiras and she'll join up with her mates there hopefully and live happy ever after. Will you hopefully. be able to track her? Have you put tracker onto her or will she be gone? No. no? 
no, we're not allowed to put electricity because it's quite small. They can put the satellite tag on her, wouldn't be fair. And we're, um, we have a tag on her because they are protected and under the Convention for Endangered Species, CITES is called, we are legally required to put a tag on her. So if she ever comes ashore where they have CITES as well or anything ever happens to her, if they scan her like a dog tag, they'll be able to find out who she is, where she's from and all this. Right. Hopefully that may happen. It would be great to happen, but we weren't allowed or aren't allowed to put the major satellite tags on them. That has been done by Dr. Tom Dyle in UCC uh, previously on our great leatherback turtles because they are quite dramatic. They're virtually the size of a, uh, a mini. Small car, but yeah. They, Oh, yeah, they come here and they thrive on the jellyfish. We get them all the way up to Reykjavik and off at the coast, you know, this time of the year. But these loggerheads are not native to these waters. And as I said, it just got washed ashore accidentally and it survived. And the team, the veterinary team that we have and Maria and her aquarist, they did a great job in getting it back and eating Brilliant. and feeding and putting it on the weight. So, and I'm very grateful to the Naval Service for their help in bringing it down, which is a great... Kevin, a great. It's a part. few years since I was in Ocean World. It's quite a few years actually since I was in Ocean World. What you're doing down there is marvelous. You yourself, you've been into this stuff since you were a small boy in short pants. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously becoming a native and from England, virtually brought up on the side of the sea as they said, with the sound of a wave. So it's it's it was natural. So we got to do these things and we got to show people, and I that's why we built the aquarium to show people that we have this. It isn't all Jack Cousteau. It isn't all David. You actually have it on the shorelines of Cork carry everywhere mm. and these creatures are there and it may not be a big blue but there are living entities in there and to show people this and to educate them that we need to preserve that as well and, and give it a helping hand yeah if you've, it's a fascinating place and anyone with a couple of kids that will be down in Kerry over the Christmas bring the kids in and show them around it's it really is a fantastic day out and a really educational day out Kevin thank you very much Kevin Flannery director of the Ocean World in Dingle if you should find yourself anywhere near that near near Dingle across the court, course of the summer it is well worth a visit but that's beautiful we have a video we'll stick a video up on our Twitter of little Kroger she's tiny she's tiny and she was there she was and she dehydrated and half dead on the beach in Belmullet and now she's heading off back to the Canary Islands with the Irish Navy. And she will live, she's only about two years old, she will live to be, probably live to be 100 or 120. She'll outlive us all. Good on her. 0818 96 96 96. I think they're cute little stories. They really are. On, oh yeah, Sophie's email. Yeah, yeah, okay. We've got a bit of follow-on to this. Um, I'll read it again for you before I go to the break there. This was from Sophie, uh, who said she can't take a call because she'd be mortified if the lady she's talking about heard her. So she works from home a lot. I work from home a lot, says Sophie, every day except Monday. And it's great, and it's lovely in the good weather because I bring files into the garden and I can work there on our outside table. The problem is, my neighbour's little fella is six and he's on the spectrum. An adorable little lad. When he plays, though, he plays with his ball, or he plays with his puppy, or he plays in his trampoline, he screams all the time at the top of his voice. Now, I'm three gardens away, she says, but it still carries over. And as you can appreciate, 
it gets too no- too noisy to work. So she goes back inside, and that's fine. But then he, she can still hear it, and she had to shut the windows. So the last couple of days, there'll be no problem the next few days now, Sophie, but the last couple of days, she'd been baking with the heat in her own kitchen. And she said, maybe I'm being mean, and I know he can't help it, but should I say something? Like, I would say the poor ma'am is frazzled, but so am I. And she was being just being very nice and kind about it. You can see her. You can see her problem. I feel from, for Sophie, but I feel for the child's mother more. Working from home is a luxury. I'd recommend Sophie do a random act of kindness for the child's mom and be thankful she's not in her situation. That is from John. And we also got a call, they're telling me here, from a listener who has a child on the spectrum who shouts just like this. And we'll speak to, it's a dad, is it? On Monday's show. All right, so we'll put that aside. That's next week's work. But I see where John is coming from, but at the same time. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Now, I imagine if you're a Garda on the public desk in a Garda station, uh, you'd see strange things every day and you'd meet people with... Strange things to talk about and to tell you every day of every week. But it is not every day that a family a family of ducks would waddle in. Gather Tommy Ryan is at Bishopstown Gather Station. That's exactly what happened out there. Tommy, is it? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good. What what happened? Uh, it was a strange rally. Um so it's Sunday afternoon there, um I had been in the town of the call um, inside the area around Bishopstone there and um, I went back up to the Bishopstone Garda station and um, just come in the, um, into the yard at the front of the station. Um, a lady and her, her daughter, they come back and me down just on the road and um, so pulled over and had, had a chat with them and the daughter was all excited and she was saying that there was a murder duck that they were after heading up the road. Um, and they were after going into the back of the station, and uh, they were just after marching up to the up to the, um, the gateway. So, by the quick chat with her, I asked her, to start, brought her in, or to the back of the station, said, "Sure, come on, go up. We'll have a look and see how we're getting on." So, went to be up the back, and so they were this, they were really disorientated, and they were marching around the um, the back of the yard, the car park. It's kind of a walled in area, so there was there was no way to get me out of it. Yeah. So myself and Una were just on our phones about thinking what are we going to do like so I was about to give them a big out like yeah. and uh next thing um I found this charity he was this um wildlife rescue cork. That's right, yeah. They were on um Facebook or yeah, in in Whitechurch area. Yeah. So you rang them. So Basically, they had a WhatsApp link on their, um, on their, on their Facebook um, page. So I just gave it a ring, and it was Julie Cohn, and she answered the phone. So uh, I stand for my predicament, and uh, she, in fairness, though, she was out within about half an hour, 40 minutes. Sure. And she was telling me that, basically, that they would need a bit of a dig-out because given where the area is geographically, there was absolutely no way we were going to get her back to, to the water. Yeah, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking so. it, I, Tommy, where's the nearest 
I mean, I'm wow. familiar with where the station is. Where, where's the nearest body of water or river? or that, that? We're thinking that down across the road from the station, the estate there, that there is, um, there's a small stream. Uh-huh. Um, I'd, I'd say it must be more than I'd say half a kilometre away, though, you know? Yeah. So that's about, I think that's about the nearest. Right. So um, I just don't know how they made it up there, but... Luckily, no one was half or injured, as they said. Indeed, indeed. And did, they took, like, did you, were you able to feed them or what you do? Or did, did they? Yeah, yeah just, we just had a porridge and uh, <laughs> we had water. We kind of sprayed with the stamp and them with the porridge and we gave it to them. And early, it seemed to do the trick in this area, so. Uh, good man, good man. Well, like I said at the start, you meet a lot of people coming to your public desk in a Garda station, but that'll be a, that'll be a first for you. <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah, the dogs, cats, but the ducks is in the winter worries. And they're safe and well with Wildlife Rescue Cork. Garda, Tommy Ryan at Fishertown Garda Station. Thank you for taking our call. Lovely little story. You'd wonder where they came from. If you know where the Garda station is in in Bishopstown, that bit of water, that sort of stream he's talking about, that is a good, like, four or five hundred yards away. Where could they possibly have come from? Where on earth could they have come from? And unfortunately, they're not about to tell you, like, you know? I don't understand quacks. Neither neither does Tommy. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Another story we did a week or two ago, and I see a follow-up in The Examiner. Old English had a story there the last day or two of the, of the, the prison. Do you remember I had a couple of women on? They were householders up behind Cork Prison, and they were appalled by this new extension to the wall. Uh, that's probably the best way you could... It's, it's, it's a new fence that's being built, new security fence that's being built around the existing wall of the prison and they were less less than pleased about it it's it's to prevent drugs and other stuff being chucked in over the wall and that's why it's being built uh, by the prison authorities and they weren't happy because they said we weren't consulted no one told us this was going to happen and it's this and it's that and people be coming into our garden now trying to throw over the wall they were upset and you'd, you'd understand why they would be upset the prison service has now apologised to the residents they're not going to take the fence down that's a done deal but they've apologised to the residents and they say that the reason they weren't consulted or spoken to was there was a change of governors going on at the prison I wasn't aware of that but Owen has it in the story in the examiner there was a change of governors and, and this work was planned in between the change of governors so they didn't get told it was going to happen. Uh, they didn't need planning permission for it. Under something called Part 9 of the Planning and Development Regulations 2001-2023, you don't care either, I know that, neither do I, but it's exempt from planning permission, this particular job. Uh, they did tell the council they were doing it as required, but they didn't need any permission to do it. They never told the residents, though, and they've said that. The new governor, I don't know who the new governor is, the new governor has written to local residents now to apologise for not telling them about this. They say it's, uh, it still doesn't make it any less of a monstrosity, but that is what it is. 
0818969696. Now, Tess Dean is in Kinsale, down by uh, Dock Beach in Kinsale. Is that in front a picture of a little toy library, Tess? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, so it's a toy library um, for the, our local beach, the Dock, Dock Beach. And so children, so we've put some toys down there in there and um, children can come and use them and borrow them and play with them on the beach and then return them. And the concept of a library is <laughs> for toys for the children, for our local children. Buckets and, and for, spades uh, and shovels and trucks and like a ball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I, I, I got the idea, so um, I was looking, uh, I originally saw it on Instagram, a story of a, a little toy library from, um, I think it wasn't in Ireland, the picture, and I thought it was such a lovely idea, and I thought it would really suit Dock Beach. Um, and then within a few days, another lady um, by the name of Kelly Barry had shared it on our, notice, our local notice board, it was the exact same picture, and I was like, okay, we've got to make this happen. <laughs> So um, I uh, I contacted her and I volunteered to contact the local men's shed in Kinsale and to ask them if they could build it. Uh, Now, unfortunately, they didn't actually have the um, facilities yet. They didn't have their tools set up because they've just moved to a new building. So um, then I, I kind of was looking for someone for a while and I shared it again then on our notice board to see if any local people were able to build it. And uh, a local man named Connor Hemlock, um, he volunteered to build it just to put it together. Now, he wouldn't be a carpenter or anything, but, you know, he just volunteered just to do something nice for the kids. So they put it together and, um, yeah, I changed my design a couple of times. So (laughs) thank goodness for his patience because I was like, oh, it's a bit big. I need to change it to this. I need to do that. But, um, yeah, no, I just wanted it to be something little and, you know, pretty, but also something that would draw the kids' attention and something that no one would have anything negative to say about, hopefully. No, I, I can't, you couldn't see why, could you? No, exactly. Um, and I don't know, um, like, anybody who has kids kind of knows this. If you're going to the beach, like, I have two little nephews, Eli and Noah, and, like, if you take them to the beach, you're always, like, have to remember to bring the bucket and spade or else they're just bored and they're just there with watching the other other kids play with a bucket and spade and you're like oh god I wish I'd brought it you know so now it's it's just there if you have a half an hour to spare and you just pop down the beach with the kids or yeah. especially over the summertime you know. I, I think and if the, and if and when the nice weather comes back which we're told it will in about a week and a bit um, you're going to need more space it just takes <laughs> off yeah, and um, so we've we've actually put on on local notice board that if anybody else has um, any like toys that are beach toys that are in good condition to put in it and um, to bring them down because you know as you can see there's actually quite a lot of space in it. Um, so yeah, and then I'm sure it's going to fall in no time because a lot of people have liked it and commented that they're going to bring some toys down. So yeah, <laughs> and um, I've put it on our local uh, Kinsale notice board and I've actually had so many people messaging me and commenting that they'd like to do it for their local beaches as well. So that's amazing. You'd hope it'd be treated with respect now as well, wouldn't you? Yes. Oh my gosh, I really do. I'd be so devastated if anything happened to it. And um, I just say there that if anybody actually was hoping to do it on their local beach, because I know there were some people talking about doing it in Garrickstown and in mm. Kerry and stuff, and um, the first thing they need to do is contact the, the local council, the court county council, or their local council, because if you haven't gotten permission, it is known as littering. It is. Lit- I was work. actually. I, I, I thought yeah. of asking. I had a note made here. You, you can't just randomly start to do this. No. You need to let, let, let the council know. 
yeah, you need to ask for written permission. Yeah, so that was my first. And <laughs> my first what, what department did you contact? So I contacted um, abandoned Kinsale and um, Cork, Cork County Council um, Department. Right. So, um, but yeah, you'd have to do your local area. And, and once they say it's okay, you can you can go right ahead with yeah. Otherwise, you're you you'd be no how you would. How you would class something so lovely and cute as litter is beyond me. I know, but it would be a criminal offence. So, yeah, I know, I know. I know. Um, but yeah, like you said, I'm really hoping that people respect it. I think the fact that I've put effort, you know, I, I chose an underwater theme and I got waterproof stickers and yeah, painted lovely. it all ocean colours and stuff. So I'm really hoping it will be respected. It's lovely. Um, it's lovely. And there's also a beach, um, a, a group that do, a volunteer group that do the beach cleanup. Yes. Um, down on Dock Beach. I've, I've done it a few times with them and it's great now. So they have somewhere to put the, um, like, because look, people leave buckets and spades and everything, either by accident or deliberately behind. Yes. And now it's great so they can put them in there instead of just throwing them away because they're perfect condition, you know. Yes. and. All right. Well, we wish you well with it, Tess, and we hope that it's treated with the respect it deserves. If you want to do one of those down in Fountainstown or Myrtler or Garrettstown or Gary Vaux or Barley Cove or where it's Barley Cove, not Barley Cove, in Barley Cove or wherever, just tell the council first that you'd like to do it. Thank you, Tess, testing down at the Dock Beach in Formoy with that lovely idea, the Toy Library. Can we mention, yes, Ireland's top prize for young debaters has been scooped by a Cork primary school. They won the All-Ireland Concern primary debates final. St Mary's Senior Girls National School in Dunmanway uh, were one of 230 or more teams who took part. They're all 12 years of age. Uh, they defeated the Derevoy National School team from Carrick Row County Monaghan after successfully opposing the motion that primary schools are creating caring global citizens and well done to all involved they opposed the motion I'd be interested to know what they said primary schools are creating caring global citizens well done to all everyone from St Mary's Senior Girls National School in Dunmanway just on the subject of stuff you can borrow a lovely idea so lovely in fact that my wife warns me every time I go down to Douglas Village Shopping Centre she warns me that I'm not allowed into it. I mean it. They have this lovely new book borrowing thing. It's not a library. The city, or the Douglas Library is in the centre. But this is just a little free space, a free unit that they've filled up with books and you bring one and take one, bring one and take one. They have a couple of little chairs in there that you can sit down and have a read. If you're waiting for someone to finish their shopping, you can do that or you can bring one and take one. And every time, I swear, since they put it in, I say, I'm going just popping down there to Tesco's for a bit. bit. No books. You have enough books. <laughs> oh, 0818969696. Now, Father's Day is Sunday. And are you lastminute.com or have you absolutely no idea what to get himself? Daddy or hobby? Actually, how many women? Do women buy Father's Day gifts for their husbands or their partners? Because, like, he's not your father. He's not your father. Oh, from the kids, I see, yeah, yeah. But when your kids are grown up, will you? Like, he's not your... Anyway. Um, Esther McCarthy, 
uh, from The Echo and The Examiner. You've done a feature on this, fe- Lifestyle and Features Editor at The Examiner. Um, I want to take issue with you, Esther, because if I went out and bought a Hoover for my mother for Mother's Day, I'd end up with it put around me in a most undignified fashion. And you're saying go and out... And rightly so. <laughs> oh, I see! <laughs> so I can't buy me Listen. mother a Hoover... But someone you cannot can, buy but your mother so, a Hoover. But someone your can wife. buy me a... My, my daughter can buy me a Hoover. PJ, we have put up with sexism and being at the... Expected to do the housework for generations and now's our time, baby. And now we're buying you the Hoovers and the irons and letting you get to work. But come here, it Hoover. is an... <laughs> It's not any old Hoover, to be fair. I think any man would love this because it's a wet and dry vacuum by Carter.ie. Now, I'm only picking ones, PJ. As you said, it's kind of Sunday, so you need to get your ass in gear if you haven't already. So I, I'm go- I'm going to give you a few options that you can go actually on. go into town, go around Cork and buy. So so the Carter.ie is the website, but you can actually get in Dwyer's or any of the kind of electric shops around. It's 89.99, not a bad um, price point. And it's like, it's, it's for DIYers. It's kind of for, if there's a mess in the garden it'll hoover up the leaves it's a wet and dry one it kind of the car the garden all the things that the men to be working around just that's all they do isn't it cleaning out the car and cleaning out the garden so I will be a uh, sexist on the other side of things now they get him a hoover just imagine the look on my mother's face if I arrive with a hoover but anyway go on oh you'll be um, murdered a day out in Croke Park I like this this yeah, is Simone so this is a lovely one. It's lovely. Simone Walsh, yeah. I don't know if you know her stuff. She's kind of does quintessentially Irish kind of scenes. So like she's got the Irish larder or she kind of does the full Irish and it'd be breakfast. It's very bright, colourful. But again, like if you're getting a gift to your dad, it has to mean something. There has to be thought behind it. So if you've been to Croke Park with your dad, you've lovely memories of that together, then this is a nice one. It's framed for 65 euro. You can get in the Kilkenny shop there. Um opposite the Opera House. My brain doesn't work there. What's that uh, place called? Okay, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know what it is. You yeah. know the one, you know, the Kilkenny Shop in yeah, town. Exactly. Um, and they have lots of, and speaking of art, like Cork printmakers in the Lavitt Gallery, they've got gorgeous stuff at the moment. They have beautiful things going on there. Designist.ie is another lovely one. Keith Anderson, he's a Cork artist. I don't know if you you know him, PJ. He's got, he's self-taught. He does these amazing Cork um, landscapes, okay. uh, really detailed, really, Really, really cool. He did the front cover of the Hollybow, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. The Robin on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cora Murphy's another one. She's there in Henry Street. She's a Cork artist that she's got to um, open up her studio at the moment if anyone's going to last minute. Etsy.com.ie has some gorgeous stuff. Um, White Wolf Design. I don't know if you've heard of them. They do, again, very Irish. Kind of, they do three Irish prints like, ah, stop the lights. And you can get three oh, of them cool. for 18 quid, which isn't bad. Yes. Um, another one I have for skincare because I was very sexist there with the Hoover, but now we have to, you know, also acknowledge that our fathers and the men figures in our lives these days are quite comfortable with pampering themselves and looking after their skin and all that carry on. So we have we, we've come well along, well. we've come a long way, Esther, from Dettol and the wire brush. You know, we have. Don't faces show it aren't you all just gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> so you need to keep that up for us now and you know fatherhood can take its brunt you know it can, it can have a few well, you know if your children are going to give you hoovers yeah I know yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get over that hoover thing no, are you? <laughs> but anyway skincare yeah, go on skincare we have ground well-being which is Peggy Crowley from Bishopstown incredible lady she has um, a, she's a little 
um, shop out their mission challenge also online. So she's got this bearded man set. So, you know, those beardies, these hipsters aren't going anywhere, PJ. There's still a lot of fellas around with the old beards. Yeah. So she does a lovely little beard oil and a face mask, a peak face mask for 35 quid. And the Handmade Soap Company is another Irish company, Kilkenny. They do a gorgeous men's bitter orange and pink pepper set. It's really lovely. And they've got this compostable deodorant, which we're all into sustainability and all that kind of stuff. They're really sustainable company. I love them. Uh, you can get them again in kind of local Kilkenny shops and things like that. And Green Angel is another Irish company mm-hmm. if you're looking to pamper the daddy. You could, you could buy him a uh, razor. What else have I? You, uh, you could, I suppose, yeah. Rock into the local centra and get her three pink razors. No, I meant the Remington Quick Cut, Esther. <laughs> the Remington, so oh, you're actually going for my list. You're amazing. The Remington hair clipper. It's I, I like the bane of my life. I don't know what age kind of group kids you have in your life at the moment, but they're all wanting the mid skin fade, and it's twenty bloody quid a pop, and they need it every couple of weeks. So this Remington is available again any electrical retailers, the Harvey Normans and all them, and it is not a bad. Price point sell it's fifty quid forty nine ninety nine. What, you, you, what, what would you, oh, but you know me now, Esther? What would you bet is my favourite one on your list? Um, I'd say you're kind of a bit of a cultured man, PJ. I'd say you might go for a bit of art, would you? No, I was thinking in terms of the just the tonic bit. Oh. I'm partial to a sup of Hendrix. <laughs> I actually have way more than that about because we actually did two Father's Day gift guides in the Irish Examiner but we like did it two weeks ago so that people would have a chance so I, yes the Hendrix Gin and then the Bertha's Revenge is another one actually from Bell, Bell of Land Spirits I was trying to keep it kind of, kind of cork focused and local so that's 46 quid and then Con Distillery I don't know if you know this Yeah. Uh, 45 minutes down the road you can do a little course and make your own gin course so you go around they show you how to do the botanicals and this and you actually go home with your own bottle so Ooh. that is is like a nice maybe voucher if your dad is into his gin. You can also buy him socks and jocks. Socks and jocks. Socks <laughs> are never like I know people mock socks, but if you have a dad, like most dads rely on Father's Day and Christmas to to back up their socks drawer you know what I mean <laughs> so um, we have some lovely ones There's in out in Blarney Woolen Mills you can get the sock co-op have these Shandon Cove all these kind of landscapes they're really good Brilliant. quality it's kind of a tenner for a pair of socks so you can get a set uh, Cork retro socks you can get an, an Italian 90 socks you know if your dad's into oh, you remember the glory times of yeah, Italian yeah. 90 Listen, they're hey. from six I played, socks I Paul. played sidetracks the night we qualified for the quarter final so oh I my can God, remember it all... like, like it was done the other day Esther, we'll hopefully we'll all look after our dads on Sunday. Thanks very much, Esther McCarthy, Lifestyle and Features Editor of the Examiner. Hope you got some uh, ideas. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.